What's going on, folks? Thank you for tuning in to Case Catholic Radio. As always, I'm your host, Steve Perry, and I'm happy to be here with y'all. So, if you guys didn't notice by the title, we actually are having a little change of plans for this episode. Those of you who caught the last episode will remember that we had started a three-part series on how reason leads to faith, and that this episode was going to be talking about how the continuing presence of miracles associated with Christ is one of those three things that I talked about that don't make sense unless Christ is who he says he is. Now, because I don't want like a riot or anything like that to happen, I want to assure you that that episode will still be happening, but due to a scheduling conf- conflict, our first ever podcast guest was not able to be with us to record that episode this week. Because I think she'll be able to contribute great insights as she has personal experience with minor miracles, I figured we could push that back one episode. So, in the meantime, we're going to do something that it feels like we haven't done in a long time. We're going to open the scriptures together and just see how they speak to us. So with that said, whatever you're doing right now, stop, center yourself, and prepare your heart truly receive the word of the living God. Today's reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. What I want to focus on in this passage is probably something that, at first glance, appears like just a minor detail. In the middle of a passage about Christ commissioning his apostles to do great works that at one point they had only seen him doing, Matthew includes a detail that's likely to strike many of us as strange. Jesus sends them out as sheep among wolves, with no food, no sack, no money in their belts. Now, in the ancient Middle East, there weren't any convenience stores. I mean, if you got really hungry, you couldn't just stop at the nearest 7-Eleven and grab a sandwich and a slushie. So what Jesus is asking of them right here, it's really quite radical. I want you to go to a strange place among no one but strangers and foreigners, with no way to care for your own needs. And while the gospel doesn't say much about the disciples' reaction to this, you have to imagine that this request from the Lord was, to say the least, rather disconcerting for them. So a question that comes to my mind looking at this passage is this. Why would Jesus ask this of them? What purpose did adding such a challenge to the 
already difficult work of preaching the gospels, the gospel to those who had never heard it, serve? Here's what I think the answer is. Christ did not send his apostles out to these towns simply for the good of the people they were preaching to, but also for the good of the apostles themselves. Because in having them do this the way they did, he put the disciples in a situation in which they would have to rely on God to provide what they need. Without food, materials, or money, they couldn't depend on themselves even for their own survival. Instead, the situation forced them to place their lives in the hands of their father. So, in sending them on this mission, the Lord taught his apostles the virtue of dependence. This isn't the only time that this virtue of dependence comes up in Scripture, not even the only time that it comes up during Christ's public ministry. You guys know the story of the rich young man who follows the law to the letter, and Jesus says, to be perfect, you have to go sell all you own, stop depending on what you have and depend on God instead. Or elsewhere in the Gospel of Matthew, where Christ says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up your treasures instead in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. So these are just two examples of, of, you know, who knows how many of God inviting us, of God urging us to set aside this attachment to relying on ourselves and to place our lives and our livelihoods in his sure hands. How comfortable are you with that idea? Can you imagine yourself actually living like this? Not concerning yourself with how to get ready for your next test, with what job is going to give you the most financially secure future, even with how you're going to eat today. My guess would be, for almost all of our listeners, the answer would be a resounding no. I can't imagine that. This is so contrary to the ideas that those of us who grew up in America were brought up with, because where through this the apostles are being taught to depend not on themselves, but on God, we all have grown up in a culture which holds very high the quote-unquote virtue of independence. This idea that the less you have to depend on any other person or being, the more you've made it. And so to hear from the Lord that stop worrying about and doing all of this yourself and lean instead on your Father, that's jarring for us. And God, in his infinite wisdom, knowing from all eternity how this message would contradict these deeply entrenched notions in our minds, repeats this message in many places in Scripture. Yet, I don't believe that that's the only reason that he repeats it so much. I believe that God returns to this message so often because Well, it's extremely important because it was by doing the precise opposite that we fell. Right? 
Because the way that the serpent tempted Adam and Eve to turn their backs on God was by telling them, you don't need God. You can become like him. That God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because it's going to make you like him and then you won't need him. And throughout our history, we learned in a very hard way just how false that was. By being cut off from the very one who can satisfy all our needs, we found out just how incapable we were of caring for ourselves in our totality as individuals and as a race, and how much we are built to depend upon him. Yet, God again in his infinite wisdom allowed grace to come out of these failures, out of our failures and our weaknesses, and millions upon millions of people throughout history have turned back to him as a consequence of recognizing that they need him. Nowadays, at least in our neck of the woods, that's not really prone to happen all that often because very few of us feel need in the way that a lot of our ancestors did. Not only are we now capable of providing for our own material needs, but most of us have immediate access to so much that within 60 seconds, we can numb ourselves to any awareness of spiritual needs as well. I mean, think about it. If I'm feeling bored or lonely or empty, all it takes is a few swipes of my index finger, and I have access to billions of hours of video, to millions of books, to thousands of mind-numbing mo mobile games. All of these things drown out the voice in our hearts that calls out for something greater, for something deeper, for genuine, unconditional love. Because in the midst of all these things, there's a voice that speaks to us in the same way as it spoke to Eve, saying, as long as you're able to provide these things for yourself, what need do you have for God? And unfortunately, what we found is that in the Western world today, that voice has become convincing to many who have quietly turned away from God, turned away from the church because they gradually became convinced that by the sweat of their own brow, they have provided for themselves all that they would ever need. And so with all this in mind, the lesson that I take away from this gospel reading about Christ sending out his apostles in a state that they had to depend on God is this. Learn to need. And I think that what the Lord has said to me through this gospel passage, he might be saying to you too. Because in your lives, many of you will be so successful that your lives won't teach you to need. How might you do this? How might you go about learning, learning to need all over again? Well, whatever is best for you, that might be something for you to determine in your relationship and in your prayer life and in your conversations with God. But here are some thoughts, some ideas that might help you out. When you do feel those spiritual needs that I was talking about, you know, whether it's boredom, loneliness, or just spiritual emptiness, don't immediately respond by turning to Netflix, YouTube, books, or whatever your particular escape is. Take it first to God. If it's him that you're longing for, and it often is, let him satisfy the longing.
that satisfaction will be infinitely deeper and more lasting than binge-watching the last six episodes of Stranger Things. Second idea is give up something that's actually important to you in this Lenten season. When you willingly take away something that you rely on, I can tell you from experience that God is awesome about allowing you to rely on him instead, about swooping in and filling the gap that that leaves. Or finally, get to know the story of someone who does have genuine need. Through our ministry, we offer a lot of opportunities to not only serve, but to genuinely encounter people experiencing homelessness in the, in the Cleveland area. You may be surprised how often their faith and their dependence on God will draw you nearer to him yourself. Those are just some ideas, but again, I invite you guys to discern what it means for Christ to call you, as he did his apostles, to go forward with no food, no sack, and no money for a time. And whether you do so using one of these strategies or something else that comes to your heart as you converse with him, I know that as you become more deeply aware of your total dependence on God, he will happily bear the extra weight you place on his shoulders. Amen. Well, that's our episode for the day, folks. Thanks, as always, for being here with us. Just to let you guys know, I hope to get another episode out next week, but between our Ash Wednesday service, which is uh, on Wednesday at 5 p.m. next week in a Massasone Chapel, I'll be giving the homily at that service, and then the following day, I'll be giving the talk at Newman Night. So I might not be able to put an episode together next week, uh, but we'll see. If that does end up being the case... I'll make it up to y'all the following week by putting out two episodes. Whenever the next time is, I'll catch y'all then. And until then, remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Peace!